Hello and wa- welcome to Deeks and Dangles Hockey Talk, episode number two. This is John De Palma. I'm here with Jack Powell again to talk a little hockey. Um, it's been a few weeks since we uh, spoke about the upcoming NHL draft. So uh, how you doing, Jack? Doing all right. How are you, John? Very good. Excited to uh, talk a little bit more hockey. It's the uh, doldrums of the summer, so uh, looking forward to October. But there is some news to talk about, and I think uh, we'll kind of start where we left off last. Um, we were talking about the upcoming 2014 NHL draft, and specifically Florida, uh, the Florida Panthers' number one pick. Yeah, there was a lot of talk about Florida moving the pick, but uh, as we spoke about last time, I was a proponent of them keeping the pick, and that they did, and they took the guy that I wanted, uh, Aaron Ekblad, the stud defenseman, um, who a lot of people think is going to step right into the NHL next year. Yeah, congrats. It kind of played out um, how you were hoping. Uh, Talon kind of kept that pick. He got Ekblad, and um, I think we're going to see the Panthers try and make that push to be uh, competitive uh, here in the uh, uh, Atlantic Division. Yeah, we talked about it last time, the key pieces that you need to have a winning uh, Stanley Cup contending hockey team. And, uh, you know, as high hopes as the Panthers had for Eric Gabranson, um, it, it, it's sort of become evident that he's just going to be one of those guys who's going to be a good defender. Right. But, you know, he's not going to be Shea Weber. He's not going to be Drew Doughty. Right. Uh, he's not going to be the $9 million man P.K. Subban. P.K. Subban, yeah, we just, just side with yeah, we the just Canadians spoke about. again. Um, but, yeah, you know, you're looking for that cornerstone defenseman on your team. You know, Boston has uh, Chara. Exactly. Um, so, and and that's what, you know, you kind of project Ekblad out to be, you know, maybe not immediately, obviously, but after that kind of growth period. And, and that's, you know, obviously what uh, that number one pick is, is supposed to do for an organization. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, a lot of people were upset. Last year, we finished last overall in the league, We meaning the Florida Panthers. And, you know, we ended up losing out to the Colorado Avalanche, who ended up, you know, via the, the drop of the ping pong balls, getting the number one overall pick. Um, but, you know, I, I really do think it worked out uh, this year. I mean, we finished second overall. We got the number one pick. We were going to get a good player uh, no matter where we picked. Right. And, uh, you know, Ekblad was just – I think he's the guy that's going to round out um, all of the young talent that the Panthers have coming up uh, through their ranks uh, defensively. Yeah. So I think, you know, that's that's the move um, that, you know, the Panthers should have made. They made it. Um, and, and, you know, now they're looking forward to integrating him into the team. Uh, the Bruins, on the other hand, um, you know, they kind of were further down in the in the draft. Uh, they ended up with uh, David Pasternak, who um, was is a Czech player uh, playing in the Swedish B League. Um, so he, you know, he kind of projects to be, um, you know, kind of that that faster, um, you know, winger that that helps uh, kind of on that offensive side of the game. We talked um, about that last time too. That the Bruins were in need of having those quicker forwards up front on the wing. Right, and particularly there's they need to bolster and kind of strengthen that that right wing side. Um, you know, we'll we'll talk a little bit more about uh some of the free agency moves, but Boston lost Jerome Ginla, who was our top line right wing. Uh Boston now only has two right shot 
uh, forwards, Patrice Bergeron and David Krejci. So they're not moving to the winger position. So you're you're really looking, you know, at kind of a weak right side with no real true right shot winger to um, kind of jump out and lead that core group. What do you think is Boston's move to offset the loss of... I mean, you can't replace Jerome Ginla, uh, even though I, I don't, in my humble opinion, the contract that he was awarded by Colorado, you know... It, well, here I am talking about contracts when yeah. Dave Boland just got the craziest contract <laughs> for the Florida Panthers. But obviously, Boston wasn't in the position to give Jerome McGinley that kind of money, nor that term. So where do they go from here? Right. And and really, you know, we're kind of transitioning now into the free agency uh, topics, but that that's good. And, and what the Bruins struggle with right now is kind of they're in a cap jail. Um, particularly, they, they're carrying over i think it's like four million plus in bonuses that they wow. got to pay again the way that his con- contract was structured right structured last year you got him on the cheap but it was all right. He, he, right his salary i think was a million so that's what his cap hit was last year but then there were bonus carries over for you know him into the following goals season right. and all sorts of stuff and that hits in in this season um and you know again kind of didn't want to go another year to year to contract and do some kind of funky uh, accounting to to play with the team, so he went with what was more secure, and that's Colorado. So you know, good for him, and he right. he deserves it, and that's you know within the players' right as a, a free agent. That's part of you know what they're trying to do. Um, so for the Bruins now, you know, really they got Erickson and Smith coming back um, for that uh, right wing spot, and you know, I kind of project Erickson to move up to the number one line. Um, so he'll be playing alongside uh, Lucic and Krejci. Which, uh, probably before the Bruins signed Aginla last year, they were tentatively penciling in Erickson for the first line to begin with, right? Right. And, you know, I think what Erickson struggled with last year is concussion issues. Right. He got <clears throat> he got rocked, and, you know, he kind of came back and really wasn't himself. Uh, and then he went to um, the Olympics, and he actually played very well for Sweden and he came back and you know he kind of looked more himself so right <clears throat> with the the off season and more healing and coming back to a fresh camp um I think he's gonna you know perform better and perform more how the Bruins project him to be it it's always better too I find that r- regardless uh you know th- there was obviously an off season trade but it's tough moving into a new system. Absolutely. Uh, and I think that having a year under his belt with uh, Shirelli is, is really going to help him. And I think that he can just focus on being healthy this offseason, going into camp, and he's, de- he's definitely got to be in your top six. Yes. Oh, there's no doubt he's top six. And, and you know, that kind of rounds, rounds out the top six on the right side is Riley Smith. Um, right. You know, he's a restricted free agent right now, so technically we haven't signed him yet. We've, you know, qualified him. I don't see why they wouldn't sign him. I imagine it's just, you know, kind of negotiations and back and forth now. He seems like a player that you need. Yeah, uh, we need him, uh, especially with that weak right side. He was one of five 20-goal scorers on the Bruins, 20-plus with 20 goals last year. Um, And, you know, he had a a peak of over 20% shooting percentage at, at one point in December. Um, you know, he regressed over the end of the year, which is to be expected. But, you know, it, it's his first full year in the NHL. He played all 82 games. 
which is double the amount of games in the NHL he had prior with, um, you know, total 41 games with the Dallas Stars. Right. Um, so he's kind of coming in. He's going to have a – he now has a full season under his belt with the Bruins. Um, you know, if they resign him, I don't see why they wouldn't. He comes back for a second year, more confident with chemistry on that bergeron Marchand, uh line, and, and you kind of see him project to – continue his growth and continue to produce and uh speaking of the bruins being in sort of a a cap dilemma um how young riley smith is and uh you know him being an rfa he could be relatively had on on the cheap uh, so to speak i I mean i mean obviously i think the bruins have a couple more moves to make before the season starts but um, this isn't a guy that's going to be getting like a four or five million dollar a year contract. No, and you can see that's the direction that they're they're trying to go. I mean, um, as good as Chad Johnson was in that backup position, they didn't bring him back. They're right. bringing uh, Nicholas Svedberg up from Providence. He's on the cheap, um, so they get a backup goalie from their system on the cheap. Um, so they're saving money that way. Um, you know, you they signed uh, Kevin Miller last year. Um, and he's kind of that, you know, I guess the McQuaid 2.0, he projects to be that right. type of player, you know, a bottom pairing defen- defenseman, but on the cheap, that leaves room for Shirley to try and do something with McQuaid. Who you liked also with his play in the playoffs last year. For right, the yeah, right. And, and, you know, Miller played well, and, you know, I, th- I think obviously he has more to do, more to grow, but that's that's the position they're in. They're trying, they're going to be bringing up um, these players from Providence, you know, Matt Fraser did well. Um, Justin Florek did well. They have uh, Ryan Spooner, Alex Kokachev, all right. down in Providence, all, you know, kind of knocking on the door. Um, and then, you know, that, that gives them an opportunity to get cheaper, you know, yeah. on, the, on the bottom end of the roster. It's an exciting time, and, and, and I'm glad you brought up a lot of the younger players. I mean, you know, as Panther as a Panther fan – each year we're like, who's going to be the young, new, bright star that's going to step into the team? Um, it's kind of cool watching a veteran-laden team, uh, definitely one of the top teams in the Eastern Conference and a Stanley Cup favorite moving into next season, uh, how they're going to integrate some of their some of the Providence Bruins up, right. up to the NHL. Um, I, I like We spoke a lot about Koklachev last time we did this. Um, I like Spooner's game, too. Yeah. I, I think both of them are going to be are they going to be really good? And I think the Bruins are in a unique situation where, uh, you know, they're going to be able to move these younger players in and out and see who works and see who doesn't work. And I don't really think it's going to affect them very much in the standings. Right. And, you know, I think this goes towards that long-term uh, goal for the Bruins, which is probably to get faster. I mean, right. we, we spoke about this at length last time. You look around the division, faster teams, they need to get younger. They need to get some speed. Um, throughout all four lines. Right. And, you know, you saw that with them letting Thornton uh, go, so he's actually a Florida Panther now. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, but, you, you know, you, you look at some of those uh, initial moves that Chiarelli has made, um, you know, you, it's always nice when they make big, exciting moves, and, and the Bruins really haven't done that. Uh, it appears they've lost more pieces than they've brought on. But that shows, you know, their confidence in what they have down in Providence. And, you know, it it pushes some of that challenge off of Shirelli's shoulders to go out and bring in a marquee player right. onto Julian's shoulders to 
integrate those younger players and, and have them be effective um, throughout the course of the season. Well, but I mean, your last two, uh, you know, 2011 when the Bruins won the Cup and 2013 when they returned to the Cup, yep. uh, you had young players on your team that needed to step up. Yep. Um, you know, I, I believe you got a better goaltender now than you had in Tim Thomas. I mean, a lot of people think that Tim Thomas is is uh, is an untouchable. He's like Jesus <laughs> here in Boston. Right. But I mean, I, I you know you're you're better in, you're better in goal. Um, you know, Sagan he disappeared in the playoffs. It, yeah. it it just it just turned out that way. But I mean, you had young players step up in each of those runs, and I I, I still think that they have that opportunity to do that again this year. Yeah, and I think you know it's it's nice to be in that position where. You feel confident in your team. You can see them performing well. The challenge will be around the division. It's such a competitive division now, um, especially with yeah. you know moves that the Panthers have made. And they had kind of the opposite um, problem of the Bruins, where the Panthers were not in cap jail. No. They had a wide open wallet, right? Um, and you can see what Talon has tried to do with a lot of the free agent signings that the Panthers have made so far, if you want to touch on those a little bit. Yeah, uh, you know, the Panthers, they aren't a buku destination for free agents. Uh, until we, we touched on this, you know, earlier when we were speaking, um, the Panthers aren't going to be a place where marquee free agents are going to want to sign affordably. Uh, right. Until our young players that we've drafted prove that they can be stars. Yep. I think Alexander Barkov is a superstar in the making. I think Nick Bukestad is going to be an all-star one day. Mm-hmm. Jonathan Huberdeau, he won the Calder Trophy uh, a couple years ago. Uh, he had a you know sophomore slump. He suffered that last year. I think he's going to have a better th- year this year now that the Panthers have hired uh, Gerard Gallant as their head coach, who was his coach in junior hockey. Right. You know, these younger players need to get better. Um, but, you know, Dale Talon's sole focus, I think, uh, when he went into free agency this year, was signing players that were going to make the Panthers a tougher team to play against. He knew he wasn't going to get a, a superstar goal-scoring forward. He, he, that, that wasn't going to happen. Right. He knew he wasn't going to get a superstar. He wasn't, he wasn't going to get the best defenseman, you know, available. That wasn't just going to happen. But, you know, overall... You know, the Panthers, they signed six players. Um, they got UC Jokinen, Dave Bolin, Almontoya, the goalie. Uh, obviously, you know, that just shows that they were dissatisfied with uh, Dan Ellis's play at the end of last season. Right. They signed Sean Thornton from the Bruins, uh, Derek McKenzie, a bottom six center, and Willie Mitchell, a two-time cup champion, uh, won the cup last year with the Kings. Right. You know, I think Talons recognizes the division that he plays in, a lot of good teams. Uh, Tampa Bay got better. Montreal is going to be is going to be a good team this year. Yep. The Bruins are always going to be, uh, you know, as long as Chara is there leading the Bruins, I think they're going to be a great team. Right. Um, you know, uh, Buffalo finished last in the league last year. They got better. Yep. Uh, you know, the Atlantic uh, Division has improved, and I think that Dale Talon's focus was: I want to craft a team that is going to be difficult to play against. For, difficult to play against four lines that i can roll uh you know be deep in our bottom six and really hope that our youngsters huberdo barkov uh bukestad really step up and solidify those top two scoring lines right and you know that's 
that's really the the goal there is to be competitive in the division, um, be tough to play against. You know, you you look at the moves he's made. He's invested money, right? He has the youth. He has new coach who has experience with Huberto, as you said. So that's setting them up, setting those pieces up, taking those risks to you know make that big step forward. Um, and and you know you you hope that it pays off. Yeah, I think one thing that may be overlooked. Uh, just because of the money that was spent, is he really made intelligent moves in putting veteran players in the places that they need to be. Right. He went out and acquired Roberto Luongo, you know, at the trade deadline last year. Yep. Uh, you know, he's going to be the number one for the Panthers this whole season. I think they're going to be a lot better having him in goal. Um, he got Willie Mitchell, our, yep. you know, two – our, two, our top two defensemen next year are going to be Willie Mitchell and Brian Campbell. Yeah, and they're he's experienced. Experienced, uh, and you know what? They're highly paid. Yep. But on this team, you know, considering what they're going to have to do and the load they're going to have to carry and the mentorships that they're going to have to give to the younger players, they deserve it. He went out and gave Dave Boland that crazy contract. <laughs> I, I mean, I've I've talked to a lot of people about it. I, You know, he's not worth $5.5 million a year, but right. guess what, you know? Were the Panthers going to go into next season thinking that our top three centers were going to all be rookie or second-year players? Right. How are you going to compete in the Atlantic Division like that? You can't. You know, he went out, he signed Dave Boland. Dave Boland has won on on every level of his career. He won in junior, and he's won two Stanley Cups. Say what you want about the Corsi and the analytics and all that other stuff. Yep. We needed a player like him to solidify, you know, and, and I say, you know, a lot of teams, it's like, who's your top six? I really think going into next year, you know, the Panthers are going to be spreading the offense across their top uh, their top nine, so to speak. Right, right. And, you know, that's a, a model that the Bruins have been successful with, right. having four lines that you can roll, offensive production. You guys have had the one, players two, to do it, though. Yeah, and, and you know, and the results are self-explanatory. You can see right. what the results are. Uh, and, you know, that's a it's an easy – well, maybe not easy, but it's a, it's a direction you can take your team, have that kind of mentality, and, and build a team that, you know, attempts to get there. Right. Uh, you know, the Panthers are heading in the right direction. I, I know that for sure. Uh, my favorite signing in the free agency uh, period was bringing on UC Jokinen. Okay. Um, I think he's going to – I'm you know, a lot of people are projecting him to line up on our first line alongside Barkov. Um, and then if if Bergenheim plays the other wing, um, then we'll have a number one finish line. They're all right. you know the finishers, so to speak, <laughs> yeah. which which should be interesting. But um, I I like Jokinen's uh, scoring prowess. I think uh, you know the Panthers were competitive enough to take a lot of games to OT last season, and he's one of those guys who's great in the shootout, which is going to get us more points. And hell, you know. If if that's how we got to win games, and that's how we got to win games. Yeah. I mean, we're going to have great shootout scorers: Barkov, Huberdeau, Brandon Boys, UC Jokinen, um, and you know, as long as the team's progressing, as long as they're getting better, as long as they're winning, you know, I've made the point earlier: the contracts to me, whether they are deserved or not, at this point, it doesn't matter. The team needs to get better. Right. They've been in the basement for so long. I mean, and if like I've I've talked to you about many times, you know, the Bruins are a team that we'd like to mirror. You know, you don't have forty, fifty goal scorers on the Bruins. No, it's a even keeled team, and they're scoring 
consistent on the top three to four lines. Right. And I, th- I really think that's the look that the Panthers are going for. Yep. And, you know, part part of that look is getting Sean Thornton. Right. Um, and, you know, uh, you can criticize Thornton for the game he plays or, or some of the actions he took last last year, but I think it goes beyond, you know, what he's going to do on the ice. I think what you're looking for is that veteran to be on the ice, right? be in the locker room, be on the bench, um, you know, it, it's not going to win hockey games when a guy, you know, is kind of being a cheerleader on the bench. But with so much youth, it, it kind of puts a foundation there that gives the team direction, gives them an identity, gives them character, helps ease, you know, their nerves as, as they go through some of the, the ups and downs throughout the season. He can be a little bit of a, a stabilizing factor. Um, and, you know, he's a winner. Uh, yeah. Anaheim, you know, he had a cup in Anaheim, cup with the the Bruins. Um, I, I think, you know, the you're you're not paying for Thornton to uh, necessarily be just an enforcer or right. to skate around on the ice on your fourth line. I think you're you're looking to get something more from him. You know, and a lot of uh, you know just just watching you know many Bruins games, um, Thornton's got a good deal of skill that I, I think right. a lot of people miss out on. Uh, yeah, he's the tough guy. Yeah, you know, when uh, you know another team gets a big hit on a skill forward, boom, let's roll Thornton out there and, and, yeah. and show him you know, what not. And I think to a certain degree he's going to be counted upon to be a protector in Florida with our young talent. Exactly. Um, but when that guy scores goals, he scores highlight real goals. Yeah, and, you know, it's – you know, I think he's always kind of gone into the seasons and he's talked and joked around, well, my goal, you know, is to hit 10 goals again or something. Right. You know, and, and you know, whether or not he does it, it it's... I'll give him 10 in Florida. Take sure. it. Take yeah, it. Take Why it. not? And, and <laughs> if he does it, it's great. But, you know, he knows what his, his capabilities are. He's not someone that, you know, is jaded or, or thinks that right. he's something he's not. And he knows you know what his role is um off the ice too yeah you know and another thing with the panthers getting tougher to play uh, dale talon he wanted winners a, a lot of the players that he signed and he's brought in have have won cups you know uh, there's a lot to say about knowing what it is to go through the rigors of <clears throat> a long nhl season as it is yep and then you know on top of it playing another 20 25 games to win a stanley cup against the best of the best. Yeah, and it gets better as you go. Right. Uh, that's, you know, that's no easy task. I mean, what the Bruins did winning the cup against Vancouver, that Vancouver team was fantastic. Yeah. President's you know? Cup winner that that year and and you know, it it took you know, some some events over the course of the series, you right. know, Horton and things like that to to maybe jumpstart the Bruins, but that that's the kind of battle that But I think that's even more beyond hockey. I think that that speaks more to the Bruins is that they lost one of their best players, right? A top six, fo- top six forward, and then they dominated the series after that, right? So you know, I, I think I think Thornton's going to fit in really well in Florida. I don't think he's going to be an everyday player. Sure, um, eighty-two games, no, sixty, sure. Yep, I'll give him sixty. And you know what? If he scores ten points, great. Right. Which, you know. On the Panthers' fourth line, I think I think he's capable of doing that. Sure, and you know it. it what makes uh, Thornton attractive to uh, Talon is he has experience with him. You know right. he he 
you know, brought him into Chicago. Talon likes his players. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, he's he's one of those guys uh, that, you know, if he drafts a player, if he signs a player, if he, if he recognizes something in the player, their work ethic, uh, you know, their locker room presence, their ability to be a leader, he likes leaders. Right, uh, right. Uh, as you can see through all of his draft history, we've had the luxury of drafting up high, and he's drafted a lot of captains for junior teams. Uh, you know... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, those are usually the best of the best players, but there's a reason. He likes guys who can lead. He likes guys who are vocal, who are boisterous, who give him an attaboy when you need him. Yep. And Thornton's one of those guys. And you know what? Thornton, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, he's never worn an A for the Bruins. Yep. But, gosh, I mean, he might as well have. Yeah, and, you know, you know that it's character. And, and that's exactly. what you know, gives your team a little bit of identity beyond you know showing up in a suit putting on the pads and trying to win a hockey game. Right. Um, yeah. So I think, you know, the talent did, uh, I guess his job, you know, this off season, um, to, to kind of get the Panthers in a, in a mode where they can be competitive in the, uh, Atlantic division. Yeah. I mean, I posted on Twitter the other day, uh, you know, we have four wing positions in our top six, and right now we have seven guys that right. that could fill those spots. I mean, you know, as as the Panthers progress, obviously, you know, I've said two things. They're going to go as far as their young defensemen will take them. Uh, you know, I'm not entirely happy that, you know, their defensive core next year is probably going to look like Campbell and Mitchell, who are veterans. Right. You know, Ekblad, who's number one overall pick, who's going to be a rookie. Uh, Gabranson who's, I believe, going into his third or fourth year. Uh, Kulikov, who's going to be another four, fourth-year guy. And probably Dylan Olsen, who's going to be a second-year guy. Right. That's a lot of young players on your on your defensive end. Yes. Um, you know, <laughs> the stopgap there is that we do have Roberto Luongo. Right. You know, but I, I you know... I hope that these these Panther defenders don't go through, don't go through so many growing pains <laughs> next year. Right. But... Um, they're young defensemen and they're young forwards. That's as far as this team's going to go next year. Um, you know, gun to my head, I don't think the Panthers are a playoff team next year. Um, the year after that, I definitely do. Right. I, I think that their talent is going to step up enough and we're going to have enough young talent on the team um, to be physical on the defensive end and have a lot of scoring up front. Yeah, and, you know, uh a lot of that goes to is you know that that youth that your your team has kind of going back to Ekblad and, and a little bit of maybe right. some of the development camp, you know who, who kind of uh, was a shining star. How did Ekblad do? You know how how do some of those prospects and, and younger guys that are you know jumping into the system look? You know Ekblad uh, from everything I read and saw, um, you know he was one of the better players in camp. Sure. You know, uh, it's, it's tough going from junior to playing with guys who've done these developmental camps before some hell. I mean, Barkov was there, yep. you know, and he's pretty much a full-time NHLer now. Um, the thing that I liked about Ekblad the most was that when he made a mistake, you wouldn't see him make the same mistake again. Okay. Uh, he's a very poised defender, knows what to do with the puck, yep. especially in his own end. And, you know, one of the things that the Panthers have been lacking uh, ever since Jason Garrison left to Vancouver, who now is playing with Tampa Bay, <laughs> was that cannon from the point, especially on the power play. Okay. And Ekblad has a laser 
from the point. I, 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 I can definitely see him getting probably not top uh, power play minutes next year, but definitely second line okay. uh, power play minutes. Um, you know, our second overall pick, uh, Jace Howlchuk, if I'm pronouncing his name correctly, um, I heard, you know, a lot of people just say he was a beast. Uh, basically one of those guys that, you know, went in and just – was like when he's on the ice he's on the ice you know he's there he's going to hit you he's going to be physical um huge guy uh just you know i plays bigger than his size is sure. basically what um you know a lot of scouts were saying so we were happy with him and then my slowly becoming my favorite panther prospect if he isn't already is rocco grimaldi <laughs> the smallest right panther that we have but i mean uh plays for north dakota okay. just signed his entry level deal um, you know, if the Panthers are in the tank again this year, we'll probably see him <clears throat> towards the end of the season. But sure. he should be playing with the San Antonio Rampage uh, winger, like we talked about, yep. speedy, speedy, deceptive, great shot. He's okay. going to be a really good guy in the power play. But I, I think he was pro- him. I mean, Barkov was there at the developmental camp, but, but I mean, you know, Barkov's just I, he's he's the you know next. I, who, who, I, I don't even know who to compare him to. Um, Barkov's going to be the Panthers. If he's not already, he's going to be the best Panther player for years to come. Right. So, Yeah. And, you know, I think you, you just kind of touched on something that's interesting with, uh, you know, the North Dakota, you know, college players have, right. have been coming out. Um, you know, Ryan Donato was uh, one of the Bruins draft picks, and he's actually at the preparatory level. Oh, nice. Um, you know, here in Massachusetts and – you know, you, you see a lot of these American colleges mm-hmm. starting to produce Tory Krug, um, you know, was signed out of, out of college. I think it, it's, you know, it's kind of interesting to see these uh, kids starting to make an impact and, and be competitive at these development camps. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, it's it's good for that U.S. development model of hockey um, and, and the college um, systems. Yeah. You, you know what? I think now more than ever you're seeing – a lot of players pass over going to you know a, a major junior team in yep. Canada. Uh, there's some really great programs around the country. Uh, North Dakota is one of them. Minnesota. I mean, yep. the Panthers. You know, Nick Bukestad came out of Minnesota. We still have Kyle Rao, who's in Minnesota, and right down the street, uh, Boston College, one of the best hockey you know college hockey teams for the last decade. Yep. Um, you know, it's. It's it's really cool seeing a lot of these prospects, you know, pass by what a lot of people would consider, you know, they're playing with better talent, but I mean, they really get a chance to develop their game here in the United States. And as a fan, being able to go and see these future NHL stars for ten bucks, yeah, you know, it's that's pretty special. Yeah, it's nice. It's it's a nice. It's a good treat. Yeah, yeah. So that's great. Um, and then I, I think you know we kind of transition now into you know what's the next season going to look like you know just kind of looking back at at free agency in some of the other teams around the league does anyone jump out at you as as someone that made a big splash or or, or big improvement tampa bay yeah uh tampa bay just i mean you know unfortunately tampa bay didn't have their it didn't have ben bishop last year um, <clears throat> when they played the Canadians and they, you know, pretty much got taken to task. Right. But, I mean, Tampa Bay's just, I think, improved uh, so much. I mean, 
I like the addition of Jason Garrison. Yep. I think he's going to add to their power play a lot. Uh, they re-signed Ryan Callahan, you know, former captain of the New York Rangers. Yep. Um, you know, I, I, I just think they're vastly improved. I, I think if there's any singular team that you could say has jolted up, it, it's Tampa Bay in the Eastern Conference. I, I just don't see any other team in the Eastern Conference that has pr- improved as much as they have. Yeah, and I, I think that's, you know, the big kind of indicator there is, you know, that that push to really strengthen here in the Atlantic Division. Right. I think this is why it's going to be so hard to compete here. Yeah. Um, you know, Iserman has made those, those moves and, and really uh, kind of made a splash over the over the past couple of months here. You, you know, for as, as crazy as the whole Marty St. Louis trade situation was for him, I mean, this guy's – Iserman's done nothing but improve that club. Yeah. I – you know, <laughs> I may. You know, a lot of people may may harp at me for saying this, but I wouldn't be the least bit surprised if they win the East next year. Right. Yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, I, I still think the Bruins are playing with house money, but um, a Tampa Bay is just a team to look out for, uh, big time. I mean, they. I think with a whole year with Ben Bishop, if he stays healthy, uh, Jonathan Druin's going to be playing next year. Right. Steven Stamkos is going to have a whole year of being healthy. Yeah. You know, as a, that a freak broken leg against the Bruins last year yeah um and and, you know I I think you kind of hit it you know just a moment ago with Ben Bishop being out during the playoffs I mean that was that was huge and that allowed uh Montreal to get that momentum there yeah and that well and then you know look at what happened in Montreal when Carey Price went down right yep they base I mean you know they they put up a good fight against the Rangers but I remember you saying well I hope the Rangers enjoy their bye week before the Stanley <laughs> <Right>. Cup <laughs> and to be honest with you you know the uh, Montreal played put up a hell of a fight but that's pretty yeah, much what they, happened and you know they always do that that's what makes them so tough uh to play against but it, it you know that's kind of that that core that we were talking about right. last time you know two-way center core defenseman elite goaltender yeah, and when you lose one of those pieces, your chances chances to win drop that dramatically. Yeah, you know what? And uh, you know, I I think uh, I I'm still a little bit a little bit suspect of uh, Montreal's top six. Mm-hmm. You know, call me crazy. I I definitely I mean PK Subban, the nine million dollar man. He's you know he's one of the best defenders in the league. Yeah, Carey Price is one of the best goaltenders in the league. I still think, um, you know call it what it is. I still think the Bruins were a better team last year. They just lost. Uh, sometimes sometimes it happens. The team yeah, just that's, gets that's gets what, lucky bounces. Yeah, you know? that's what makes the game so exciting to watch but so heartbreaking as a fan. <laughs> it is. I mean, you know what? I I, I don't want to just chalk it up to that because that just seems kind of lazy. I think the Bruins, talent-wise and on paper, were the better team, but Montreal played better in that series. Yeah, and I think you, know, you could see that in and how those games played out going to overtime and, and yeah. just how how tough it was to get an edge and keep it. Yeah, you, you know, and, and Rask, um, <laughs> maybe that's his thing. He's he's mentally got to get over Tampa Bay. Sure. Or, I'm sorry, not Tampa yeah, Bay, Montreal. Montreal. Yeah, he's, get, he's, he's just got to get them out of his out head. Out of his head, and, you know, you know that, that was kind of an interesting storyline with, you know, oh, winning in the, you know, the forum and everything. Right. You know, I think... That 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 will come. 
Yeah. You know, I think he'll have his opportunities to, to play them uh, in the playoffs again. Yeah. Well, let, let me ask you this. Uh, speaking of, of Rask, um, with the Bruins being in a, you know, not so much Chicago Blackhawks type cap treble, um, but, you know, they're having their own cap treble. What's the defense going to look like in front of them next year? Yeah, I think that's going to be kind of an interesting challenge. Uh, I think I mean, Char is not going anywhere. Char is not going anywhere. Yeah. I mean, you are leaning on Seidenberg, who's coming back from an injury. Right. Um, Boychuk, who had uh, a shining season last season. Right. Um, you know, but he's probably one of those players that teams are not really inquiring about and could be kind of a juicy trade bait out there. Right. Um, I don't want to see him go. I think. You know, he's one of those kind of core players that you want on your defense. But he really filled that role nicely when Seidenberg went down. Right, and and you could see him really kind of mentor and, and cover for uh, Barkowski, who the Bruins signed. Right. Um, so he's coming back. Um, and that, that gets you down into, you know, Tory Krug, uh, Dougie Hamilton, uh, who is always improving, and he's going to continue to make strides. And, and maybe that's where he starts to kind of jump into – a Boychuk's role if he leaves, or mm-hmm. or you know Seidenberg, depending on how healthy he, he can stay. Now, now Krug's not resigned, as far as I know, right? Or no, okay. no, I don't think I, I know he's qualified and he's on the path. I mean, I, I think that was one of the the sound bites that Chiarelli kind of came out when uh, again the left was, oh, you know, I got to be able to sign the other guys, right? So, um, and then you know that again, that's the Kevin Miller versus McQuaid and that's how you get a little cheaper is going with Kevin yeah what uh I, I know the Panthers just re-signed uh, Dmitry Kulikov who was one of our young defenders it's it, you know it's apples to oranges comparing the the Panthers to the Bruins but uh Krug and Kulikov do play a similar game uh you know are willing to step up to the rush great skaters yep. good on the power play and you know Florida just gave Kulikov Again, they may be overpaying him. You know, I'm not. I'm not trying to argue that, but um, I think he got a little over 12 million for three years. Wow. Um, is has there been any talk as far as what Krug's agent is looking for? You know, I haven't heard anything, and, and maybe that's just me not digging deep enough. Right. Um, but I think you know you're probably looking in that. Maybe. Well, this is his first RFA contract, so right. he's, he's not going to be getting a home run deal. No, he's not getting a home run deal. Um, I think it's still going to be team friendly. And, you know, that's the direction that the Bruins are trying to go to get right. out of this, this cap jail, I guess, that they're in. Um, you know, I think Miller was somewhere uh, just o- just north of $1 million, so right. maybe double that for Krug, and you're at two, yeah, two and a half. From there. I, 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 of anybody, you know, if, if it's choosing between Barkowski and moving him and then signing Krug to a deal like that, it's got to be Krug every day, yeah. right? Yeah, no, you got to keep Krug. And, you know, he, he brings that spark to your power play. Um, he's that guy that, you know, can skate the puck out of the zone, you know, and I think that's becoming even more important in this league. Yeah. Uh, the Obviously, everybody with their – I mean, that's one thing with the Panthers that uh, drafting Aaron Ekblad, number one overall, you know, when asked what's the one thing that he's been working on the most this summer, he said it's his been his skating. Right. Um you know, I think he's got a, a pretty solid all-around game. But if there was one thing that you wanted to say he can improve on, as far as what all the experts have, uh, you know, generalized on, is, is has been his skating, and, and basically that's what he said he's been doing. And Krug can flat out fly. 
Oh yeah, Krug Krug flies. Um, I think that's what attracted the Bruins to him when they when they signed him, you know, out of college. Um, and and he's proved that he can he can be that player that right. kind of brings some speed to that bottom pairing. Yeah. Um, and and really uh, has a pretty nice shot. You know, he keeps yeah. that puck low. He gets it through traffic, and and it's hard to track that. Uh, when it's coming from the point. And, and, well, I mean, he it was his coming out party in that uh, when you guys went to the Cup against Chicago. Right. I mean, it was basically Tory Krug all the time, you know. Um, yeah. Uh, so uh, if I mean next year, I was I was sitting in front of my computer the other night and I was trying to figure out, you know, if I had to basically slot <laughs> how the Eastern Conference is going to finish and who's going <laughs> to make the playoffs. Honestly, uh, there's teams that are locks. We know they're going to make the playoffs. And I think maybe there's maybe four teams, maybe five teams that are locks. Yep. And the the last three spots, I have no clue. You know? Yeah, and I think that kind of shows how tough this division is. Right. And, you know, it it's you know easy to kind of go in and say, oh, they're locks. And, and you know, you look at what happened to Stamkos, right. and that completely changes the team, exactly. team's outcome in, yeah. in the season. Um, but yeah, I mean, you, you look at, you know, Montreal has something to prove. Boston's going to come back angry. Um, you know, Tampa Bay made the the big push in the off season Lots to improvements, yeah. to get the get improved. Detroit is on some ungodly run of making right. the playoffs and, and barely made it last year. But yeah, well, I mean, streaks alive. If if Datsuk and Zetterberg have anything to say about it, they're going to make the playoffs exactly. And, and you know, so. You know, there, there's a pretty solid core there. Right. Um, Columbus you know, is better. Yep. Columbus looks good. Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh is going to. They're, they're definitely going to make the. Playoffs. And I love the Columbus Pittsburgh um, kind of matchup. They had a yeah. great series, and I'm hoping that you know Columbus continues to improve, um, and that becomes you know something that happens on a regular basis. That series. Yeah. Yeah. I'm. Well, I mean, uh, they just got the winger from uh, the Philadelphia Flyers. Uh, his name is escaping me right now. Um, is that Hartnell? Yeah, Hartnell. Yeah. They just got Hartnell from the Flyers. <laughs> They're going to be improved up front. Um, and boom, yeah, you know what? Let's just throw a hated, you know, flyer into the mix. <laughs> sure. Uh, over to Columbus. So, but, yeah, let's breathe you know, that. Let's ble- breathe that hatred <laughs> for all it's worth. You know, it. I, there's you, one thing that I I just uh, you know as as fun as the Stanley Cup playoffs were. Uh, one thing that pretty much came to reality last year was, oh, the Western Conference Finals is basically going to determine the Stanley Cup, sure. which ultimately it did. Um, I think if the Bruins were uh, playing the Kings, it would, you know, it could have likely been a different story. Yeah. But, um, you know, <laughs> the Western Conference is still pretty darn strong. Yeah. Chicago, L.A., Anaheim, Dallas got a lot better. Dallas got hugely better. Yeah. Um, St. Louis. St. Louis got, is, yeah, what, Stastny? I yeah. mean, you look at some of the moves that happened there, and they're all targeting L.A. Yeah. You know, Anaheim got Kessler. I mean. It's funny how certain teams, you know, they don't really, you know, it seems like there's a team that just uh, speeds out ahead of the pack, which is like what the Bruins have done for the past few years, right. a few seasons, and everybody else sort of wants to mold their team uh, in, a, in a fashion to beat them. Sure. You know, they might not be the best regular season team, but they get to the playoffs and they have the right personnel to beat a team like L.A. or beat a team like Chicago or beat a team like Boston. Right. 
you know, I there's there's so much parity in the Eastern Conference now. I, I really have no clue what's going to happen next yeah. year. And I think it, it makes it exciting, and I think it's what the league wants. Um, that 2011 Bruins Tampa Bay Eastern Conference oh final was awesome. Yeah, that'd be crazy to see that again. Yeah, you know. Uh, well, I mean, uh, if the Panthers aren't there, obviously, but sure, sure. that's not going to happen. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, and that that was the whole purpose of the realignment and the way they're you know kind of building the the playoff and you know they they seed them and then you go through a whole bracket. Right. And when when have you really seen that kind of any that March Madness style bracket? They made the yeah. huge push on NHL.com. I mean, you kind of always go through it, but that was their big thing this year was. Oh, let's you know throw some prizes out there. Right. Let's get it be a big thing. And, and winning your division means more yeah. now than just winning your division. Right? It's, you know, you know regular that. season. After that, yeah, sure, you might have home ice advantage, but guess what? You're playing the same teams in your division again. Again, yeah. And I, I think it makes the whole landscape of the league that much more exciting. I think yep. last year's playoffs was a huge success, um, and I think that decision to to realign is going to start bringing even more attention to the league. Well, I mean, the cup winner last year was down three games to nothing in the first round. Unreal. Uh, They had every, what was every series was a seven game series. Seven game series, except, except, except in the cup finals against the Rangers. Right. I I mean, yeah, it doesn't get much better than that. It, It was a great cup, Cup playoffs. I think these this year's playoffs are going to be even better because these teams are more evenly matched. They know how to play each other better, uh, especially in this Atlantic Division. I, you know what I, I I have to say, as the Metropolitan Division being what it is, and you can never count out Sidney Crosby and the mm-hmm. Penguins and all that. Yeah. But I, I just think another. I think it's going to be the Atlantic Division against, you know, pick your power in, right. in the Western Conference. Yeah, and I think. As you start to go through these seasons and, and these playoffs, those rivalries are going to get more heated. You're yeah. going to get more familiar with your opponent, and the battles are just going to be that much more intense. And it's really exciting. Yeah, it's it's and for the on the Panthers side, it's going to be interesting to see uh, some of the younger players hopefully develop, come into their own, start playing a lot better, um, and you know, essentially realize their positions in the NHL. I mean. Uh, like I said earlier, the Panthers are never going to go farther than their youth is going to take them. And for the Panthers to get marquee free agents a la Chicago a few years ago, you know, when they signed Brian Campbell, uh, when they signed Marion Hosa, yep. you know, they made the trade for Patrick Sharp. To get those kind of players, we're going to need Barkov, Bukestad, Huberdo to step into their own and become, you know, hopefully a Jonathan, Jonathan Taves-like, right. Patrick Kane-like, you know, uh, because they're they're really not going to build their team any other way. Yeah, and, and that's really going to be their way to push up th- through that Atlantic Division. Oh uh, yeah, uh, I mean Montreal, Montreal, Boston, um, you know, to an extent Buffalo and Ottawa, they're always going to get players to play for them. They sure. good franchises, good owners. Um, you know, they sell out every night. Uh, they're going to get free agents when they start getting good again, you know, especially Buffalo and Ottawa, uh, to play for them. You know, the Panthers to really get back into respectability and, and to become one of those teams again, 
they're going to need their young players to get better. Yeah, so. and it's exciting to see it start happening. Yeah. Um, well, hey, I don't know about you, but I'm excited about the season coming up. Yeah. Oh man, the, the doldrums was exactly yeah. the right way to put it uh, of summer. <laughs> yeah. It's you know I, I always I'm always excited for when college football starts. Oh yeah. And uh, you know you open up all the windows and it's it's not as hot and you know but I mean man there's nothing like hockey when it starts especially the first month because even if you know your team's bad sure you still have this man we're gonna turn that corner it's, yeah and, <laughs> you know? and, and you look at oh man look at this kid made the team and right let's exactly. see who he's paired with let's see how the lines shake out let's uh let's see who's scoring goals and who we want to throw under the bus <laughs> right and you, and you know what that's that's I, I think both for the Bruins and the Panthers it's going to be interesting to see how their top six uh you know shapes out I mean besides Barkov and Bukestad their top two centers yep. I have no clue I mean and then I think for the Bruins with with Krejci and um uh god now my go ahead <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I, I think you're you're looking at a top line. Bergeron, be, Bergeron, yeah, Krejci, Krejci and Bergeron, Bergeron, your top two centers, yeah. Yeah, I, they're going to perform as, as they have. You know, right. Bergeron is, you know, holy. <laughs> yeah. he, he's crazy. Um, and, you know, you'll have your, your Lucic, Erickson, Marchand, Smith, hopefully rounding right. out your top six. And a lot of young uh, talent coming up from Providence knocking yeah. at the door. Um, and it's going to be interesting to to see how that kind of plays out and, and how well those players have been uh, developed down in Providence. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I posted on Twitter the other day, I, I, I just don't know what the Florida's top six is going to look like, probably beyond uh, Barkov and Bukestad. Um, you know, Jokinen, Bergenheim, Fleischman, Huberdeau, Brandon Peary, who we got from the Chicago Blackhawks, yep. uh, you know... <laughs> Maybe even Scotty Upshaw, you know, oh, who knows, yeah. who knows what our top six is going to look like. So it's, it's going to be fun. Camp's going to be fun uh, once things get going again. And, um, you know, we're looking forward to a good season. Well, cool. I, I think we got a lot of uh, good stuff to talk about. And, yeah. Uh, let's hope these, you know, next two months fly by. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, hey, Jack Powell, thanks for uh, stopping by and talking you, hockey John. with me. And uh, we'll talk to you real soon. Take it easy. All right.